is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! I yeah. am yeah. the game. Costoco said so. Oh my God! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, be the man! You gotta beat the man! Are you ready? Everyone has a price! Yeah, I've come here to fight! Standing ovation here! Let's go to our ring announcer! Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell! Fanatics, it's that weekly time once again to travel through the annals of time to relive the greatest in professional wrestling. I'm your party host, Sean Beckerman, back with you to bring you Beyond the Bell, your professional wrestling nostalgia podcast here exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. And welcome back as we take a trip through the annals of time to relive the famous feuds in professional wrestling. I'm excited for this week's show as we have three, count them, three feuds and rivalries to cover. I truly believe two of the three rivalries discussed tonight we can cover even further in future episodes. This is more so, I think, just an introduction, a background as to why they are some of the greatest feuds of all time. Tonight on the card, we'll discuss the infamous historic rivalry between Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik. And on tonight's mid-card, believe it, this is a mid-card match. This is how powerful tonight's lineup is. The feud between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express is covered on BTB. And then in the main event headlining the card, we relive the historic historic battles and feud that culminated at some of the biggest events in the WWF in the 80s. And you can say it all started at the very first ever WrestleMania. And that is the feud between Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and the immortal Hulk Hogan. Tonight we'll give you my match of the week, and of course, it will fit within our three rivalries that we'll discuss here tonight. So buckle up as we take you back in time to relive the rivalries that you may not have experienced, or for those of you that have had, 
tonight, we'll go back to remember why we love these feuds so much. Just a couple of announcements before we kick off the show. First off, the official Shop Zone. Yes, I said it, Shop Zone for the SNS Radio Network is up and running. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but now you can go directly at snsradionetwork.com, click the Shop button, and then purchase merchandise from all the shows from SNS Radio Network. Right now, Unplugged merchandise is up there as well as SNS. I'm sure our additional shows and podcasts will be releasing their merchandise as well soon on the page. This is run by Zazzle. Zazzle Zazzle.com is our distributor and production site for all of the SNS gear. Fans of BTB Beyond the Bell expect in the coming weeks to have Beyond the Bell merchandise to be released as I'm working on developing my portion of the website to promote to the fans. So expect that in the coming weeks. All this you can purchase at snsradionetwork.com on the shop section. Also, you can find it directly at Zazzle.com. I believe it's Zazzle.com forward slash SNS Radio Network. And don't forget to catch this day in wrestling history each and every week on Unplugged, the flagship show. Well, some say it's kind of like the chicken or the egg or argue what is number one, Raw, SmackDown, the Sunday Night Showdown program was the actual show that launched the SNS radio network, and some say the flagship show of the SNS uh, entire radio station is Unplugged with Tony J. Mirabella and, of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, the founder of the network, Jeff Jackson. But each and every week on Unplugged, you can relive this day in wrestling history, a segment in which I host in which we take you back in time to relive that specific day in wrestling history. It's a popular segment each and every week, especially when we hear the comments. I love to just want to to guess when I record the show and have it play on Unplugged. I cannot wait. I love to guess of what Tony and Jeff will say and what they remember about that period in wrestling history, especially playing the audio clip that represents that specific event. But for those of you that have not watched or listened, I should say, listened to Unplugged on a weekly basis. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you have had, but I don't promote it enough on Beyond the Bell. So don't forget to catch this day in wrestling history on Unplugged each and every week here on the SNS Radio Network. Now, right after our quick break, as we pay tribute to the great sponsors of the SNS Radio Network and Beyond the Bell... We're going to relive three of the famous feuds in professional wrestling. So after this quick break, get ready, buckle up as we travel back in time to to relive the historic rivalry between Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik. Two Hall of Famers go at it on Beyond the Bell in our first part of our three feud edition a BTB. Buckle up. Slaughter and Sheik after this break. We'll be right back on Beyond the Bell. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you looking for the latest wrestling news? Well, then you should check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's been around for 16 years. It's one of the longest-running newsletters on the Internet today. 
comes right to your inbox three to four times a week, depending on how busy the news week is. Want that access on your phone? They also have mobile apps for your iOS, Apple, and Blackberry. The archives of all the unplugged shows, as well as columns. You can also follow WrestlingOnline.com on Twitter, at WrestlingOnline. Or check them out on Facebook, www.facebook slash WrestlingOnline. It's that simple. Wrestling-Online.com is the official news source of the SNS Radio Network. And perhaps you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.wrestling-online.com. Oh, you didn't know? You better call somebody! Oh, you didn't know? It's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. And if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. We're back here on Beyond the Bell, and I'm excited to discuss the legendary, iconic feud between Sarge and Slaughter and the Iron Sheik. The feud between Slaughter and Sheiky Baby started in 1984. This was as simple as a feud could start. The two crossed paths in the aisle while walking back and forth between matches. The two had words and that was it. One of the greatest feuds of all time was born on a few words and a cold stare. Sometimes it could be just that simple. America's Sergeant Slaughter immediately declared war on the Iron Sheik who hailed from Iran. It was no coincidence that you had the American hero against the Iranian villain just a couple of years removed from the Iran hostage crisis. McMahon never ceased to utilize or capitalize, we should say, whether it was in good taste or not, off of uh, current real-life stories, or not even stories, but real-life tragedies and historical moments that took place. He definitely piggybacked on a lot of wars and confrontations, international incidents, so to speak, and translate them from, translated those from real life to inside the squared circle. The collision between the two was instant magic. Slaughter was an instant hit as the patriotic babyface. In one of the most chilling memories that anyone, if you're a kid, has ever watched in wrestling, Slaughter recited the Pledge of Allegiance in the middle of the ring. That moment solidified Slaughter ahead of Snuka at the time as the number two, the number two face in the company, of course, behind the Hulkster. The series of matches between Slaughter and the Iron Sheik is most remembered for their Madison Square Garden matches. There was no you know, weekly shows, or should we say there was no Monday Night Raw, no pay-per-views, no Saturday Night's main event, or even WrestleMania events at the time. The USA Network would air complete cards from both New York and Landover in Maryland from time to time. This is where you would catch Slaughter and the Sheik. 
Boston Garden. You'll see them now on the WWE Network as their uh, old school series. The two would close out their New York City trilogy on June 16th, 1984 with the infamous boot camp match. The match had no rules, no disqualifications. It would only end when one wrestler was pinned. The referee would only enter the ring to count a pin and watch from the outside. The stage was set for one of the all-time greatest matches in wrestling's most historic building, my favorite building, the Garden. The concept of a boot camp match today would sound corny, but in 1984, it was just what the crowd wanted to see. Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter wound up pinning the Iron Cheek after nailing him with his own loaded boot. The shot heard round the world ended one of wrestling's greatest feuds and bloodiest wars. This year marks the 30th anniversary of this match, and it still holds up today, just like it did back in 1984. I recommend watching it on the network. It is fair to say that Slaughter and Sheik never came close with anyone else to the success that they had together. Both became their greatest enemies and brought each other their greatest successes. Not many rivalries have come close to drawing as much intensity and money as Slaughter and Sheik. No belts were on the line, no hair, no loser leaves town, nothing but the patriotism of America against the villain from Iran. Slaughter and Sheik captured magic. They captured it in a bottle and had one of professional wrestling's greatest feuds. Counting the moments until he can get his paws on hot iron cheek. Now the chant of USA on the part of this capacity crowd here this week with us on championship wrestling. Eddie Gilbert trying to collect himself. The stars reverting back to his fatigue. Let's listen to this now. Iron cheek. I hope you can hear me. I've been ambushed a lot of times over in Vietnam. I've been wounded. I've got scars from bayonets. I've been down before. I've been Pearl Harbor before. The United States has been down before, but we've always fought our way back. We've always fought our way back. 
Iron Cheek, I declare war on you. War! Because there's one thing that I've done since I was a kid, ever since I was knee high. I went to school through the Boy Scouts to the Marines. And I'm saying it right now to you, Iron Sheik, I pledged allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. indeed only one, Sergeant Slaughter. He uses roughhouse tactics, no doubt of that, but indeed very proud of his citizenship as well as he should be. I'm sure we'll be seeing a great deal more of Sergeant Slaughter in weeks to come here on All-American Wrestling. After this quick break, we take you to rivalry number two, our mid-card feud of the show. We'll break down the historic rivalry between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. This is a great foundation to work off of as we have an expansion show on this feud. But after this quick break, we take you back to relive the Express feud between the Midnight and the Rock and Rollers. fan of wrestling shoot DVDs, wrestling action figures, wrestling memorabilia? The SNS Radio Network is an affiliate of HighSpots.com. So when you go to the SNS Radio Network site, click on the High Spots banner on the main page, and it takes you directly to High Spots. Now, I'm not saying you need to buy something from HighSpots.com, but if you do, you're helping to support the SNS Radio Network by going through High Spots on the link on the SNS Radio Network page. And every purchase gives a kickback to the SNS Radio Network, helping us keep all the programming here free for you. Students, class is in session. Professor Sean Beckerman takes you back in time to relive WCW 101, the history of world championship wrestling. Relive the historic rise and fall of WCW on Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast on the SNS radio network. Listen to the entire series now at btbcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend and all-around nice guy. You're listening to the SNS Radio Network, and you've made the right choice. We're back here on Beyond the Bell, and I am so excited to talk about one of the greatest feuds of all time. We haven't talked much about tag team feuds necessarily, so this is going to be a good one. One of the feuds that made professional wrestling what it is today 
is the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. The Rock and Roll Express was a babyface tag team formed by Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson in 1983 in Memphis, Tennessee. Their high-flying moves in the ring, along with their glam metal music gimmick, took wrestling fans by storm. The Rock and Roll Express began their biggest feud in Mid-South Wrestling with the Midnight Express, consisting of Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry, and their manager, the legendary James, or should we say Jim Cornette, known as also James E. Cornette, when the two teams left Mid-South Wrestling in 1985 for Jim Crockett Promotions and the National Wrestling Alliance, they continued their storied rivalry. The Rock and Roll Express would win the NWA Tag Team titles on eight different occasions, but only four were recognized by World Championship Wrestling. Along with their feud with the Midnight Express, the Rock and Rollers would also feud with the Four Horsemen's Ole and Arn Anderson. The Rock and Roll Express would lose the NWA Tag Team titles for the final time in the fall of 1987 against Anderson, Arn Anderson, I should say, and Tully Blanchard after outside interference from the Midnights themselves. In 1988, the Rock and Roll Express would depart the NWA, WCW, and head to the American Wrestling Association, the AWA, where they had a brief feud with the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, which was unsuccessful. The Rock and Roll Express would then return to WCW in 1991 as a mid-card tag team. At Clash of the Champions that year, Rick Morton, and as you notice I call him Rick Morton, formerly Ricky, would turn on his longtime partner Robert Gibson and join the heel faction, the York Foundation. He would change his name to Richard Morton. And the feud with Gibson would extend until WCW released him from his contract. After Rick, Ricky Morton left WCW, the team reunited in Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 1992 and feuded with the Heavenly Bodies. They won the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team titles a total of nine times. The matches with the Heavenly Bodies were brutal, which included a barbed wire steel cage match and a Texas-style death match. In 1996, the Rock and Roll Express returned to WCW, but were only used on the B-shows, such as WCW Saturday Night and WCW Pro as jobbers. Amazing. In 97, the Rock and Roll Express again left the promotion and wrestled for the for independent federations, the Indies, with one year later, the team wrestling briefly for then the World Wrestling Federation with Jim Cornette as a storyline of an NWA invasion. Jim Cornette was actually the manager of the Rock and Roll Express at the time. Let's rewind back now. In 1980, Southeast Championship Wrestling fans were introduced to the Midnight Express, then consisting of Dennis Condre, Randy Rose, and Norvell Austin. The team of Condry and Rose soon became Southeast NWA Tag Team Champions. The team also used the Freebird rule, meaning that any of the three could team up and wrestle and defend the championships. 
they would win the American Wrestling Association AWA Tag Team Titles in 1983 after a long title reign with SECW Tag Team Titles with the SECW Tag Team Championships. After returning to the promotion, the Midnight Express would lose the titles to the Armstrong brothers, Brad and Scott. Eventually, Condry, Rose, and Austin went their separate ways. Soon thereafter, Bobby Eaton would be sent to Mid-South Wrestling under Bill Watts in a talent trade that led to the formation of the new Midnight Express, or not the, a new. When you're announced the new of something, it's destined for failure. So it consisted of Dennis Condre and Bobby Ian with Jim Cornette as their manager. This was the legend, the legendary combination everyone remembers. The first rivalry for the new Midnight Express was the team of Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2. The Express would win the tag titles from Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum when Mr. Wrestling turned on Magnum TA with Magnum and Mr. Wrestling splitting up. The Midnight Express needed a new feud. This led to the Rock and Roll Express. The two teams had a big feud throughout 1984 before the Express, the Midnight Express, I should say, left for another promotion. In 1985, the Midnight Express signed with Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA. Shortly after signing with the NWA, the Midnight Express restarted their feud with the Rock and Rollers, like I mentioned, who already signed a deal with them. The Midnight Express would defeat the Rock and Roll Express for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. In early 1987, Dennis Condry left the NWA for reasons unknown. Dusty Rhodes and J.J. Dillon approached a former rival, Sweet Stan Lane, who was wrestling in Florida to potentially become the newest member of the group. Business in Florida was not doing well at the time, so after having a meeting with Rhodes and Eaton, Lane made the jump to Jim Crockett Promotions, thus forming the most successful Midnight Express team of beautiful Bobby Eaton and sweet Stan Lane. Now, this is arguable. A lot of people think of Condry and Eaton with Jim Cornette as the true Midnight Express, but I, for one, love the combination of sweet Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton mixed with uh, good old Jim Cornette behind them because... Sweet Stanley gave him that attitude, that swagger. He had a great body, great look. He came from the uh, tag team with Steve Kern, the Fantastics, and now he was uh, bridging the gap of that identity with the Fantastics now to the Midnight Express. And this was my fondest memories of the the Midnight Express, Sweet Stanley and Bobby Eaton. In May of 1987, the Midnight Express captured the NWA United States Tag Team titles, then several months later, dropping them due to various creative differences as the Midnight Express and Cornette left the NWA. Following the purchase of the NWA by Ted Turner, which of course later became World Championship Wrestling, the Midnight Express would return. After losing at WCW Halloween Havoc, the pay-per-view in 1990, the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette would split up and go their separate ways. Cornette and Stan Lane would sign with the World Wrestling Federation, while Bobby Ian would stay in WCW. Both teams went different paths, but they always seemed to come together in certain aspects of their career. The Rock and Roll Express, undeniably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They knew how to work the crowd. Steve Austin talks about it on his podcast. Ricky Morton knew how to draw the attention, knew how to 
sell like anybody and knew how to grab the crowd. Drop Their drop kicks were unbelievable. Their tag team work was copied for, from, for years to come by many tag teams in this industry. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were somewhat compared as cheap imitations to the Rock and Roll Express. They sure drew a lot of fans, put a lot of butts in the seats, and that was countered by the heel team, the heel duo of the Midnight Express. Whichever team, whichever combination you prefer, Condry or Lane, teaming with beautiful Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette as their mouthpiece made everything work. It made it work so well. Like Jim Cornette states, he believes that individually, they're not deserving of the Hall of Fame or him specifically, but as a tandem of the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette as their manager, that was Hall of Fame material. The two knew how to build up a rivalry, and this will surely go down as one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Championships shared between the two, wins, losses, tons of heat generated, and fans will remember this feud forever. What a great example of how tag teams can draw money, regardless of whatever specific storyline you're running. Good talent, good matches, and good in-ring work will draw money and make us remember whatever feud they're, they're participating in, whatever feud that we're witnessing, remember it throughout the annals of time. And that's why we remember the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express and their historic rivalry that will go down as one of the greatest feuds, a famous feud in professional wrestling history. I have never seen in my years in the business a greater tag team rivalry than the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. It was a great rivalry because those guys were all great workers. These are two of the absolute finest tag teams in professional wrestling today. Rock and Roll Express, you took two journeymen, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, who were unbelievable talents, put them together, and off and running they were. Oh, I'm telling you, the crowd loves them. The crowd loves them. Standing ovations, these guys are exciting. Every teenage girl in the building just is madly in love with, you know, two good-looking guys. And and you know they could go out there and sell and sell and sell and then make these great big fiery comebacks and endear the people ricky and robert were great foils for dennis and bobby in the in the midnight express i'm going to introduce to you now the men who will roll over the rock and rollers lover boy dennis and beautiful bobby the midnight express you got two old country boys that everybody want to hate Midnight Express so methodical, they're almost mechanical in their movements, no wasted motion whatsoever. They had great, great ring timing and they were in great shape and they had great ring psychology. Their matches were not to be believed. Their matches and the way they drew were pretty special at the time. There it is, Saturday, June 16th, Louisiana Superdome, a match that everybody's been waiting for. We main evented the Superdome, drew almost 25,000 people. And thank God I'm nearsighted and the lights were down because if I'd have gone out in that ring and seen all those people, I believe I'd have either fainted or had a heart attack, one or the other. But that early in my career, that was something big. Every time we had these guys in a match, Jimmy Cornette always found out a way to get in to interfere. This will be the first time in history, Jimmy Cornette, that a tag team match is going to be on top of a scaffold. They had some unbelievable what they call scaffold matches. Those are the first guys I think that ever did those. And they were just, they were unreal. 
They have the most natural, amazing chemistry that I have ever witnessed. That was a match made in heaven. And these guys took that match and that rivalry all around, and it was successful everywhere. When we return, it's time for the main event of the program. Get ready to relive the historic rivalry between Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and the immortal Hulk Hogan. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you feeling down in the dumps because you live outside the United States and maybe you can't get the WWE Network? Maybe you'd like to watch Netflix from the American region. But since you're in another country, it doesn't work for you? Well, I've got the solution for you. The SNS Radio Network is recently affiliated with UnblockUs.com. If you go to the SNS Radio Network page and click the UnblockUs.com banner ad, you can sign up to get a VPN. Not sure what a VPN is? Well, it basically protects your identity online. Basically, it gives you an address online where the content you want becomes available. Here's how it works. When you click the link on the SNS Radio Network banner, it takes you to UnblockUs.com. And from that link, you can sign up for a free one-week trial. If you decide to sign up afterward, it's only $4.99 a month. And when you think about it, that's great savings. $4.99 a month allows you to watch American Netflix or any region of Netflix that you'd like to watch. And here's the biggie, folks. If you don't have the WWE Network, you live in the U.K., you live in another country outside the United States, UnblockUs.com can set you up for $4.99 a month with a VPN that will allow you to have access to the WWE Network and all regions of Netflix and you can watch it on your PS3, your Xbox 360, any device you have, you're able to use with unblockus.com. And the best part about it is, I'm not just talking about this, I'm using this service myself. So once again, go to the SNS Radio Network, click on the Unblock Us banner, and from there, sign up. And if you do that, you help to support the SNS Radio Network as they give a kickback to us to help keep all the shows on the SNS Radio Network for free. Once again, unblockus.com, giving you freedom online. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. This is Chris Masters on the SNS Radio Network. Welcome back, fans, to Beyond the Bell. It's time to discuss the historic feud between the immortal Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Most fans think of the Hogan-Orndorff series as the great 86-87 run, yet there was a prelude to this great rivalry that actually traces back two years earlier. Paul Orndorff was red hot as a heel when Hogan returned to the WWF. Hogan immediately beat the Iron Sheik, and Hulkamania was born. We archive this on the Hulkamania Chronicle series. But, as most wrestling fans know, every babyface needs a great heel. Orndorff was that heel, 
and became Hogan's first challenger in Madison Square Garden, the equivalent of headlining a now pay-per-view or special event. The rivalry would peak at the first ever WrestleMania as both men opposed each other in a tag team main event matchup. We all know as the headlining main event for WrestleMania involving Mr. T. Yes, the main storyline here was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy, Roddy Piper. But I could argue that the event would not have been as successful without someone else. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff was more than just a partner during this feud. He was tremendous in all the promos leading up to the match. Orndorff took the fall in the match and led to a babyface turn and subsequent feud against Roddy Piper and their fellow manager, bodyguard, cowboy, ace Bob Orton. It all started with Adrian Adonis. Adonis began taunting Orndorff in his flower shop segments, calling him Hulk Jr. For weeks, Orndorff went from being Hogan's tag team partner to a paranoid and at times jealous friend. The seed was planted and the angle kicked in into another gear during a televised phone call, quote-unquote, between Orndorff and Hogan. Hogan was too busy to come to the phone, which infuriated Mr. Wonderful. The two then agreed to team up against the Moondogs. Orndorff practically wrestled the match himself, refusing to tag in Hogan, thus taking up most of the spotlight. The angle peaked the next week during a tag team match against the Bobby Heenan managed team of Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy. What was most impressive here is that everyone saw this one coming, yet it still made a major impact. That is the beauty of certain angles. That's why a lot of critics and experts in the business from Wade Keller, Dave Meltzer will say, sometimes it's not a bad thing to expect something to happen and to go uh according to plan and and steer the proper course that's set forth because it could still work and grab you as a fan. This did just that. During the match, Hogan and Orndorff collided. Orndorff favored his eye and refused to help Hogan out during the double teams. Orndorff finally rescued Hogan and cleared the ring in one of the most memorable moments in professional wrestling history. Mr. Wonderful raised Hogan's arm and then clotheslined him. Orndorff proceeded to pick up Hogan and deliver his signature move, the pile driver. Hogan vs. Orndorff version 2 was on, or should we say chapter 2, to this storied rivalry. Oh, yeah, reflect. Yeah, man, I can reflect all the good times we had together, the times we trained day in and out, pushed ourselves to the limits. You know, Paul and Ivan can remember our families, brother. Breaking bread together at Thanksgiving especially. And yeah, man, I can reflect and remember the oath, man. The oath you and I made, dude, to take it all the way to the top. And if for some reason we fell off track, we swore as blood brothers we'd go down together, man. Yeah, I can see it all now. I can remember. Who says he didn't like to hear the cheer of the fans? He certainly does. It seems to me every time you go in that ring and do all that hard work and demonstrate your opponent, it seems like you go over and tag Mr. Hogan and he comes in and makes the fall. 
Well, kind of think about it. So what if you're right? So what if he sells more dollars? So what if he sells more posters? So what if I do 90% of the work? You're so tough, Hulk Jr. If you're so bad, why don't you sign for a tag match next week against Sudden Bundy? But I got another idea. Why don't you get yourself a partner? And I'm talking about Hulk Hogan. Huh, Hulk Jr.? Let me tell you something right now. Both of you. All I have to do, all I have to do is to get on the telephone and call Hulk Hogan and he would be right here by my side. Tell what he's doing. I don't care if he's got 605 pounds on his back. You just go get him and tell him Mr. Wonderful wants to talk to him right now, immediately. Yeah, I've heard Orndorff wired before, but nothing like he was when he reached me at the gym. You know, he sounded unreasonable, almost incoherent. But you know, when he asked me to stand behind him against Bundy and Stud, I said, Paul, I'll be there all the way. Yeah, we're ready. No! No! Well, confusion. No! There's been a change of plan. I have agreed to have a match with the Moon Dog. Orchard looking for the tag. Not yet. Well, Orchard says I still have things to do in here. Man, what a fool. You can see it right there. Despite the fact that Orndorff was a one-man gang on an ego trip in the Moondogs match, that was okay with me. We had one more week, man. One week to get ready for the big one, Stud and Bundy. A whole week. The next day, I even flew the Tampa to make it easier on him. But all he wanted to do was argue. And then when he pulled a disappearing act in T-Town for three days, I didn't know where he was hiding out. The only thing he had the courtesy to do was leave a note for me, saying, I'll see you at the arena. Man, what a fool I was. You know, I actually thought this dude needed some space to clear his head out, man. Just a little time. So I gave it to him. But then when I saw him on that night, the night of Stud and Bundy, the worst nightmare I ever wanted to see, I was worried because Orndorff, nothing to change with you, man. Nothing. Get your head right. We've got Bundy and Stud right where we want them, man. Let's go out there and take them, brother. The old Mr. Wonderful ways. Let's play it by your rules. Let me tell you something right now. Mr. Wonderful's ready. Hey, let this thing go about the phone call. Let's take care of business. Yeah, man, when the match started, you know, I thought Horndorff would forget about what was bothering him and just simply take care of business. It was apparent, though, as things were progressing along. We weren't cooking, man. I knew we were having a problem. And then when I was getting double-teamed, man, I heard Orndorff yelling at me, make a lunge, tag me in. I did exactly what you said, Orndorff. I made that big lunge, man. I tagged you in. Trying to make the tag. The Hulkster trying to make the tag on Paul Orndorff. Backed into the corner. As Hogan went backwards, and he got knocked clear out of the ring. But now look at this. Why is the referee disqualifying these guys? 
And then finally, after Stud and Bunny beat me to a pulp, man, yeah, you came in. You finally came in. They'll win this matchup, but nonetheless. Was that all about? You've got to be... No! 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 You were Mr. Wonderful. You were it. You were stupendous. You showed the chicken was a rock. You showed Take shortcuts. You took the biggest shortcut of your life, horned off, Mr. Wonderful. You run the birds of greatness, man. You had a whole generation of little hucksters training with you, man. Saying prayers with you, dude. Eating their vitamins with you, man. And you sold them out. You didn't sell me out, brother, because you can't take me. I took your best shot, man, when I was down. Now I'm gonna return that favor. But just like those spies, man, in Washington, today who are selling our country out for diamonds, gold, ego, greed. Jealousy, man. That's just what you are horned off. You sold out a country, man. You sold out all those people that believed in you, man. Cheap shots. Shortcuts. You make me sick, wonderful. You'll never beat Hulkamania, man. I got a whole generation, man, that's gonna live forever because of this thought. Positive thoughts, that is. And we don't take shortcuts, dude. You know, I can even think every time you stuck your hand out to shake my hand, there was that thin film of perspiration coming off your palm that separated us as brothers, man. That separated us. The jealousy separated us between brotherhood. That's what it was. Orndorff, Hulkamania's got time. I got patience, brother. I ain't gonna take no cheap shot to take you down, dude. I'm gonna set you up and take you out for good, man. And all I got to say, those big wheels of Hulkamania, those big stones, man, they're going to grind you up, man. But they grind ever so slowly. If you talk to a lot of experts and current workers or previous workers in the industry, uh, I believe Corp Bauer and, and such other creative minds will mark this feud as the, the feud or the storyline that got them into becoming a pro wrestling fan. As we get into our Why I Became a Fan series, when we talk to the hosts of the SNS Radio Network, I'm sure one of them will mention this angle as a part of what drew them in to become a wrestling fan. If you're around my age or give or take a few years, or should we say a little bit older than me, if you are, you may have found this storyline to be it for you. The one that grabbed you in and sucked you in to be a pro wrestling mark. This is one of the storylines that you could mark out for. It was done so well. And so much animosity grew between the two. Hogan and Orndorff sold out almost everywhere. The two drew record houses. Orndorff and Hogan headlined the big event on April 28th in 1986 in Toronto. It drew over 60,000 fans on top. This could be seen on the WWE Network. This wasn't even a pay-per-view, nor was it promoted on national television. Roddy Piper would also find himself back in this mix, but on the other side, after a babyface turn, Piper and Hogan would team up against Orndorff and a variety of partners across the country. Unlike other feuds, which had great angles, 
and lousy matches, the two had magic and delivered some of the most exciting matches of this period. The few peaked on an edition of Saturday Night's main event on NBC, the special that aired in January of 1987, although taped in December the previous year, 86. Hogan versus Orndorff headlined the show in one of the most controversial steel cage matches in WWF-E history. Orndorff and Hogan exited the cage at the same time with referee Danny Davis declaring Orndorff the winner and referee Joey Morella declaring Hogan the winner himself. The exits were replayed with various angles, with both men shown touching the floor at exactly the same time. The match was restarted with Hogan winning and thus ending the feud. I know myself, I use this spot, this ending, finish, so to speak, many times for my own personal league, the Awesome Wrestling Association, the AWA, with my action figures, not wrestling dolls, action figures, by the way, where I'd rekindle steel cage matches, and I use this spot so so frequently, both men touching the same time. What's going to happen? This was unprecedented at the time. A great ending, a great spot, a great finish to a great rivalry between Orndorff and Hogan. There are so many reasons that Hogan versus Orndorff goes down as one of the most memorable, memorable feuds and rivalries of the 80s. The obvious would be the money the feud drew. Another reason would be the angle that kicked it off which, while predictable, like I said, hit a home run. The chemistry between the two in the ring was undeniable. But I think, and some others would think, the most impressive impressive component of it all is that the second version, the second chapter, was better than the first. Many great feuds are often repeated in professional wrestling, yet rarely do they ever come close to the success of the first. We've seen it many times involving John Cena. Hogan vs. Orndorff was the exception to the rule, which makes this one of professional wrestling's greatest rivalries and feuds of all time. Oh, no, no, no. He's tapping the shoulder of Orndorff. Oh, come on, Paul. There was no count made there. None whatsoever. Orndorff with the belt, but there was no count made. Eden, Bobby, no. Champion, out cold in the center of the ring. Challenger with the belt raised high, but I don't believe that he is the champion. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Whether you believe it or not, there wasn't a count made, there wasn't a three count made. The champion was out. He couldn't have said, I quit. Let's get Ladies the Ladies and gentlemen, word. I have the result. The winner. By disqualification, Hulk Hogan. Winner out of disqualification. Look at Orndorff. Hulk Hogan? Why would they say Hulk Hogan? Referee obviously disqualified Orndorff when he crashed into him. That referee's not going in him. And look at this. Orndorff with a championship belt around his waist, going to work on the champion again. Adding insult to injury. That referee can't even make a decision. That man's out cold. Look out with the championship belt. Oh, nice block by the champ. The belt is down, and so is Orndorff. 
Wow, what a right hand. Iron Dog wants to play rough in the champions with a plan rough in the mouth. A clothesline by Hogan. Orndorff had his opportunity, and now it's the Hulkster who's going bananas. As Orndorff rolls out, there's your champion right there. There's a what? Still, the world's heavyweight champion. Well, this guy's gone nuts, is Hulk Hogan. We haven't seen the last of this competition, I can tell you that. 70,000 people here at the CNE in Toronto, baby, and they don't believe us. Certainly was a lot of controversy there, but the referee, I think, made a wise decision. They're really going to break one thing out of here. The condition of these two athletes are very, very superb. I think the people got the opportunity to see two of the greatest conditioned athletes in the world. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down. There is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us. Your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. Spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want a break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And make sure you're checking out SNS Unplugged each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as myself and Bronxzilla, Tony J. Marabella, bring you the latest news of the week sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. 
the NXT Rewind with Anthony Farley, everything that went down on Raw via the Raw Reaction, plus your phone calls and emails, and you never know what craziness might happen on the show. Once again, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, SNS Unplugged, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. It's unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's unplugged. Well, fans, that wraps up another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast, Beyond the Bell. We covered three of the greatest feuds of all time. I am sure we can have additional shows covering the rivalry between Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Cheek, and especially the battles between the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. As we are even talking to this date, I'm compiling additional notes and storylines that bled up and resulted from the battles between the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express. So expect an additional show in in which we break down even further the rivalry between those two legendary tag teams. Tonight's match of the week stems from our main event of tonight's program, Paul Orndorff versus Hulk Hogan. This match was from the big event, of course, produced by the World Wrestling Federation on August 28th in 1986. This was at Exhibition Stadium in Toronto, Ontario. It drew a crowd of over almost 75,000 fans. It was an outdoor attendance record at the time. This stood as the greatest attendance record for a wrestling show until WrestleMania 3. The main event that was heading into the event was between the champion, the WWF champion Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff for the title. Their friendship became emphasized on the syndicated programs through the WWF throughout the summer, and eventually Adrian Adonis, host of the talk show The Flower Shop, began stirring up trouble between the two. And of course, this is when Paul was known as Hulk Jr. Then with a series of minor incidents involving Hogan and Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful began irritated, and then the two eventually accepted a challenge match with Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy, where Orndorff allowed Studd and Bundy to illegally double-team Hogan for an extended period of time before clearing them from the ring. Orndorff helped Hogan to his feet, only for Orndorff to finish off Hogan with a clothesline and pile driver. This historic moment led to this announced match between Hogan and Orndorff, but that was before Mr. Wonderful rehired his former manager, Bobby Heenan, in which he demanded this title shot. All this led to the big event, Orndorff versus Hogan. This was red hot. This feud, like I mentioned, was for some, for a lot, to be the catalyst for them to become a professional wrestling fan. So I suggest checking out the big event. This should be on the WWE Network, August 20, 1986, Orndorff Hogan, the match of the week. Also this month, we have great content lined up for you fans. I mentioned it previously, especially on Twitter. We relived ECW in 1999, in which leads up to the downfall of the extreme group. We are going to archive and document 
the final years of world-class championship wrestling, and which led to their demise, 1988 and 1989, are archived on our special world-class milestone series that comes up this month. Stone Cold fans, get ready as the Stone Cold Chronicles continues on Beyond the Bell this month, this time archiving the year 2002 in the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest year of controversy in the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. This, of course, was highlighted, this year was highlighted by Stone Cold walking out on the World Wrestling Federation due to creative differences. The WWE and Stone Cold parted ways in 2002, and we archive the events of the beginning of the year leading up to that historic event on a special edition of the Stone Cold Chronicles year 2002 coming up this month on Beyond the Bell. And I also announced the debut of a brand new series on Beyond the Bell. This is in celebration of the series being released on the WWE Network, The Monday Night War. You'll be able to listen to this five-part series breaks down the Monday Night War in a little different take as does the network version. This is a great complement to that program. So part one will be debuting coming up this month on Beyond the Bell. I'm so excited for the content and I cannot wait to announce the content lineup we have for you coming up in October, especially of course towards the end of the month as it's Halloween time and of course we got to talk about Halloween Havoc, right? All this and more coming up on Beyond the Bell in the coming weeks. So it's time to wrap up tonight's retro show with some old school music courtesy of one of our newest sponsors to Beyond the Bell, the E, the Enumson.com, your place to go for all retro themes and reverb themes. I like to call them the E. The Enumson.com presents our old school theme of the week. And we're talking in our main event spot, the rivalry between Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Hulk Hogan. Of course, it's fitting to go back to relive. We've heard it actually a couple weeks ago on Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration. The theme for Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Not in the WWF, because I think the theme from WCW was more infamous for Mr. Wonderful. It was just re-released in the Best of WCW album on iTunes. And let's take you back to relive this ditty. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff's WCW theme in celebration of us archiving his infamous feud against the immortal one, Hulk Hogan. The feud that quite possibly for many made them a professional wrestling fan. So let's take it home with some Mr. Wonderful on Beyond the Belt. Until next week, fans, until our next edition that we take you back in time to rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. This is your party host, your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, signing off. Until next time, stay wonderfully old school, my friends.
Hey there, old school fans. Missed the Attitude Era? Missed the Texas Rattlesnake? Well, Beyond the Bell is here to cover your needs. Host Sean Beckerman presents the Stone Cold Chronicles, the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Relive Stone Cold's historic career chronologically from his early days through WCW into the World Wrestling Federation, the ringmaster to the Attitude Era as Stone Cold was born, leading to his legendary status and the Hall of Fame. So get ready to stomp a mud hole and walk it dry on the Stone Cold Chronicles exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Give me a hell yeah!